It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Good morning. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cara Carper, a licensed nutritionist, and very happy to be here on this beautiful spring morning. Um, we finally have spring. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and today's topic is going to be falling and staying asleep and how to do that, how to fall asleep better and more easily and how to stay asleep longer. So we're going to be talking about the importance of sleep and problems consequences that happen from not having enough sleep, and then give tips on how to fall asleep and sleep through the night. So I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who can relate to these problems with sleeping because two-thirds of Americans complain of occasional sleeplessness, and a third have insomnia. Ten million Americans fill prescriptions for sleep aids, and that's not even counting you know, the over-the-counter sleep aids. But first, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Kate Crosby. She's also a nutrition counselor and meets with clients at Lakeville and North Oaks offices. Good morning, Kate. I love doing the show with you, and it's nice to see you again. Good to see you, Cara. Thank you. It's a great topic today. You know, I think everybody can learn something from this show. So let's just kind of define insomnia. Well, maybe it's waking up on and off through the night. That's one way of defining it, or you wake up too early and you can't get back to sleep, or the worst, having a difficult time falling asleep. But, you know, your sleep can also be affected by things like restless leg syndrome. That might keep you awake. Muscle cramps, charley horses, night sweats, all disrupt Mm -hmm. sleep. And even if you're sleeping okay, you will still learn something from this show because Maybe you can help a loved one to sleep better and give them some advice. And you may realize while you're listening today that you're actually not getting as much sleep as you need. Or maybe your child is not getting enough sleep. So if you're wondering what's enough sleep, you just might be surprised. You know, Bill Clinton famously claimed that he could get by on four hours of sleep a night. But, you know... I always find with clients, if they tell me that their sleep is fine, Cara, and then, you know, when I dig a little deeper and ask for more specifics about their sleep, I discover that really they're usually only sleeping about six hours a night. And then to keep themselves awake during the day, they drink coffee or soda, energy drinks, so they can sort of avoid that mid-morning crash or the mid-afternoon crash. They might even get home from work and start drinking Mm -hmm. these energy drinks just to give them a little pop, not realizing that that's a sign that they probably haven't had enough sleep. Right. They might. And that's why maybe they don't indicate that on their form. nutrition health forms that sleep is an issue. And they say, oh, yeah, I sleep. I sleep great. I sleep yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> but according to sleep scientist James Mass, who's a Ph.D., most adults do need eight hours. And some will do fine with about seven and a half. Some actually need up to 10 hours. And women tend to need more because of fluctuating hormones. But guess what we're getting for sleep? Mm-mm. The National Institute of Health reports that the average adult American, and it, this isn't from 2006, was getting 6.1 hours of sleep on weeknights. Now, 100 years ago, 
the average was nine to ten hours. Ooh, huh? That's a big. That's difference. a big jump. <laughs> Three to four hour decline. Wow. You know, children and adolescents though need need nine to ten hours of sleep a night. Children from elementary school age up to high school are averaging an hour less of sleep than they were just 30 years ago. So that one hour can have a detrimental impact even more than in adults because 40% of the time children are sleeping in this certain stage called slow-wave sleep stage, which will impact your memory. So the less sleep you have, the poorer your memory and recall mm-hmm. is going to be. But adults only spend 4% of their sleep time in this slow wave stage. Kids' brains are developing until they are 21 years old. I know. Don't you think that's easy to forget? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Brown University, I came across a study, the, the Brown University Sleep Center did a study with sixth graders. And there were two groups. One got an hour less sleep than the other. And then the following morning, they had them take tests. And now the group who slept an hour less performed on a fourth grade level. Ooh. And remember, these are sixth, sixth graders. graders. And the group who slept an hour more performed at their typical sixth grade level. So that's basically that's two years of decline in brain maturation from sleeping an hour less. So back to that better to get a good night's sleep than to cram kind of deal. Yes, that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. And these types of findings are even more dramatic when it comes to high schoolers, though, because young adults start really sleeping even less when they're in between that 9 through 12th grade. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on them, a lot of commitments with homework and grades, getting into college, sports, extracurricular activities. And there are other really, really significant factors like TVs, laptops, Mm -hmm. and the proverbial phone that often is on their bed with them at night. Then they have to get up really early to go to school. So it cuts into their sleep they're just, time. Yep, they're just not getting enough, especially that age. It's, it's really, really common. And this lack of sleep in children and young adults is not only causing issues with memory and recall, but sleep scientists are finding that it's impacting other conditions hmm. like ADD or ADHD, moodiness, depression, lack of focus, and obesity. And we're going to talk a lot more about that Mm -hmm. in a bit. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying, Cara, is that sleep is important for everyone. But we need to realize that the consequences of a lack of sleep in children may have more long-term effects. And they might not show up right away. Mm -hmm. And I think as a society, we really are devaluing the importance of sleep. And that, that is one reason is because there's everybody's busy. There's mm-hmm. always one more thing to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's not enough hours in the day. Yep. And we can keep the lights on, keep the emails going till all hours of the night, and people don't necessarily see the consequences immediately. I mean, aside Mm-mm. from being, you know, probably fatigued and, well, we'll talk about having cravings and things like that, but the long-term effects of inflammatory health conditions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People don't see that overnight. No. So it's really easy to just slip you know, into the pattern yeah. of not sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I did find a lot of research specifically on the importance of kids' sleep and wanted to, I so did want to just share that because I know a lot of our listeners are parents and they want the best for their kids. 
But let's talk more now about some of the other consequences of lack of sleep that apply to both children and adults. And we mentioned the link between lack of sleep and poor memory or poor focus, anxiety and depression. Lack of sleep can also lead to irritability, muscle weakness, headaches, Mm -hmm. vision and hearing problems, skin issues Hmm. like rashes or eczema. And a sleep deficit really compromises your immune system. And I think everybody probably knows this, but it's it's helpful to be reminded of this. So when your immune system is compromised, it sets the stage for frequent colds and flu, but also for some of these more serious conditions that you alluded to before, Cara. So just losing one hour of sleep a night increases your risk of cancer, increases your risk of heart attack or stroke, increases your risk of high blood sugars, which can lead to prediabetes or even type 2 diabetes. Columbia University School of Public Health found that people sleeping less than five hours per night doubled their risk of high blood pressure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's another link. Columbia University researchers also reported that those who regularly slept just four hours a night, so like Bill Clinton, were 73% more likely to become obese. 73% more likely compared to those people who sleep between seven and nine hours. Even people sleeping as little as six hours were still 23% more likely to become obese. So there's the link between weight gain and sleep. Mm -hmm. And if you want to lose weight, you need to be sleeping seven to nine hours per night. This is what research is telling us. Mm -hmm. And not getting enough sleep actually triggers the area of the brain associated with hunger. And it also keeps cortisol high, which is a stress hormone that normally would drop off before bedtime. And high cortisol can also lead to weight gain. You've probably all experienced that that uh, feeling after a night where you didn't sleep very well. The following day, you might find yourself wanting to eat all day long. And it's eating foods like chips or bread or cookies, fast food, french fries. Sounds like how you feel after a slumber party. Yeah. <laughs> Studies have shown that... <laughs> These cravings last a day or two after missing that one good night's sleep. So there you go with cravings and lack of sleep. And if that can happen after one night of poor sleep, just imagine what several nights a week of not sleeping can do to metabolism and cravings. Now, I'm just taking a peek at the clock, and it's already time for our first break. But I have a question for our listeners. Are you eating enough vegetables? Well, a study in last week's issue of Nature Immunology found that vegetables increase important immune cells in our gut. Uh, They're called, for those uh, scientific listeners, they're ILCs, interleukin cells, that play a very important role in controlling both food allergies, inflammatory diseases, obesity, and may even prevent bowel cancers. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have a question for us today about sleep, Please call the studio at 651-641-1071. Hi, sleep. I miss you. What's it been? Six months? A year? I don't even know anymore. I just know I need you. And I really want to reconnect. I tried medication, hypnosis, some weird tea that smelled like feet, crying hysterically. None of it worked. A friend of mine told me about this place that helped her sleep, Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I know. What the heck does food have to do with sleep? She says a lot. I can't remember what exactly because my mind is shot these days. 
No sleepy, no thinky. Plus, I'm getting acne and headaches, and my butt's getting fat. I'm going a little crazy, you know? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to give nutritional weight and wellness a try, and I promise, sleep, if you come back, I won't snore. Learn how real food can improve your sleep, mood, digestion, skin, and more. Sign up for the Weight and Wellness Series at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby, nutrition counselor, and I'm here with Car Carper, licensed nutritionist. Most people are not eating enough vegetables, and sometimes it's because they really don't know how to prepare them so they taste good. So this spring and summer, if you're going to be doing some grilling, how about putting some vegetables on the grill? You know, they even have um, grill baskets to make it easier so they don't fall through the grates. <laughs> or you can put them on skewers or just place some of those longer vegetables like asparagus or zucchini strips and carrots just directly on the grill. Check out our website, weightandwellness.com, for a list of the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. This is a list of the fruits and vegetables with the most and least amount of pesticides. We got a grill basket a few years ago. It was a gift from my parents and just love it. And some of the things that we do is pepper. I'm sure people can come up with their own, but just yeah. for ideas, peppers, mushrooms, uh, like you said, zucchini, carrots, broccoli, cauliflower, and we just marinate it in a bowl, mm -hmm. a large bowl with some olive oil and some herbs, mm -hmm. and then toss all of that into the grill basket. And then makes at the, it so easy. It's so easy. And then maybe at the end, add the softer things like tomatoes so that they don't get too mushy. Mushy. Yeah. Sounds great. Today so, is a day. Yes, it is a perfect <laughs> grilling day. Let's go ahead and take our first call of the day, Kate. Sure. Hi there. Good morning, LaCora. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Do you have a question? Yeah, I do. I don't have any problem falling asleep, but I have a problem with waking up. So after like, you know, four to six hours of sleep, I wake up and then I can't fall back asleep. Well, so you've called the right place. And you know, that's funny because we actually were going to give tips. That was the next thing we were going to jump into. But um, first thing that I have a question that I have for you is, are you eating before bed or what's probably the last thing that you eat or drink before going to bed? Well, I usually, you know, depending on the night, you know, like sometimes I might have a banana, but it's really inconsistent. Um, usually dinner is probably the last thing I eat before bed, but sometimes, um, you know, I do eat like a cookie or some chocolate too in the later evening hours. Okay. And those so. are kind of, yep, common things we hear other clients say that they eat similar things before bed. Um, so I guess uh, the first recommendation would be to switch that up. And I would encourage you to have plan for a nighttime snack. And we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But uh, but it has to be the right combination of foods. And you need to have, have a healthy fat. Right, Kate? <laughs> Absolutely. It's that fat that's going to save you through the night and possibly keep you asleep. Okay. So um, healthy fat, an option would be um, avocado, peanut butter, Maybe some heavy cream on some fruit, berries, or... Mm -hmm. um, I exercise a lot, too, so I'm just mm -hmm. wondering if I'm, like, you know, not getting enough calorie consumption or something like that that's causing me to, like... Because I think I cut out the bread and the pasta and all that stuff about mm -hmm. a year ago, and it seems like, honestly, my sleep has kind of gotten a little bit worse mm. over that time period. 
and I don't know if it's because it's, you know, I'm not eating enough it's It's possible. Well, you might mm-hmm. most likely you're not eating enough fat, maybe not enough protein. protein. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't necessarily think you need to add back in the pasta and the bread, but good carbohydrate replacements would be more fruits and vegetables if you mm-hmm. feel that you're not getting enough calories. Um, for the sake of sleep, though, it's really the fat that works to stabilize blood sugar. When people wake up like you are waking up um, and just kind of lay there and can't get back to sleep, that's usually low blood sugar. Okay. And eating fat before bed might be the one thing that takes care of that for you. So, LaCora, listen listen to uh, the rest of the show because we're going to have some great suggestions for okay. bedtime snacks and w- bedtime snacks that don't work, and we'll explain why. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Mm. So maybe you go to bed at a reasonable hour with the intention of getting eight hours of solid sleep, but you just can't stay asleep or you can't fall asleep. We're going to give you some specific eating and supplement recommendations for those situations. So... Um, this See, it's very timely. If you find yes. yourself, like LaCora, waking up in the middle of the night or really early in the morning and just lying there and most likely frustrated, again, this is probably happening from low blood sugar. Low blood sugar can cause an adrenaline-type response, which wakes people up. So mm. it's really your body's way of saying, hey, wake up, eat something. Your blood sugar's low. You need to eat right now. So, a, you know, a bedtime snack, as you said, Cara, really is in and can prevent this from happening in many cases. But it has to be the right kind of bedtime snack. There are a lot of bedtime snacks that actually make the situation worse. The kind of snack that will help needs to have that a healthy fat, like you were saying before, avocado or peanut butter and almond butter or some nuts. Um, and then a healthy carbohydrate, generally a fruit. So we'll give you some examples so people can get the picture of what we're mm-hmm. talking about. And if you have been listening to us for a while or have taken any of our classes or met with a counselor, chances are you do know about the berries and heavy cream recommendation. So about a half cup of berries will give a modest amount of carbohydrate and about two tablespoons of heavy whipping cream is the good fat. And, you know, remember that fat is the really important part that's stabilizing that blood sugar. Yeah, it really prevents that big crash there. Um, so possibly you don't like heavy whipping cream, or maybe like you're like me and it doesn't agree with you. Um, some of us are really sensitive to all dairy sources. M- most people, however, can be sensitive to dairy but still can tolerate heavy cream because it is primarily just the fat mm-hmm. of milk. Um, but I often use, you know, a quarter of a cup of canned full-fat coconut milk on some berries, or even some unsweetened applesauce. It's the coconut milk in the carton really doesn't have enough fat to help you with sleep. It won't keep that blood Mm -hmm. sugar stable. And it's easy to confuse those. There's a carton, but we're really recommending the one in the can Can. for this purpose. the full-fat canned item. So another snack combination might be a small apple and a couple tablespoons or so of almond butter or peanut butter, or maybe you want to have celery with your almond butter and peanut butter. Those are two good snacks, bedtime snacks. And maybe we should mention um, what type of bedtime snacks won't, you know, aren't going to work for sleep. And so, and I'm not picking on LaCora, but I mean, a cookie would be something that would raise the blood sugar before bed and then cause it to crash. And so that could might possibly make her wake be waking. Up. 
mm-hmm. making her wake up. Other um, items would be cereal and milk, mm-hmm. ice cream, mm-hmm. popcorn, maybe toast. Mm-hmm. They're all high carbohydrate foods that turn into a lot of sugar in the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that, you know, maybe you can fall asleep after eating foods like this, but they people almost always wake up later. Yep. And that's because their blood sugar had spiked at first and then crashed several hours later, waking them up. And you may not feel that hunger, but that's really your body's, as you said before, way of saying, get something to eat. Exactly. You know, what about alcohol, Cara? Well, alcohol does that as well. And, you know, people can often fall asleep after drinking alcohol, but it does create a spike in blood sugar and then the crash afterwards, creating Mm -hmm. more restless sleep. And some are very sensitive and wouldn't even be able to have alcohol with, you know, maybe six or seven o'clock dinner Mm -hmm. because it still would cause them to wake up in the middle of the night. Okay. Night sweats. Well, night sweats are a condition that wake a lot of women up who are in perimenopause and menopause. So if that sounds like you, again, follow the advice we've just given up to this point. Avoid the sugar and avoid those high-carb foods like bananas and cookies and ice cream. Avoid the alcohol like Cara was just saying, especially before bed. And have a snack with healthy fat and a carb like a fruit. Consider also using progesterone cream to reduce the hot flashes, the night sweats. And actually, progesterone helps to make a little GABA, which Mm. is that chemical that makes us very relaxed. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. We always are hearing about estrogen levels dropping in perimenopause and menopause, but what we don't often hear is that progesterone drops. Yeah. And the drop in progesterone is much more dramatic compared to the drop in estrogen. And so the symptoms of low progesterone are, you know, usually more pronounced and can be hot flashes, mm-hmm. night sweats, um, mm-hmm. and insomnia. You know, and progesterone is sold as an over-the-counter supplement, but it's important to get a really good quality uh, progesterone cream. Uh, Amarita is a brand. It makes a great one. You just rub the cream on to different parts of your skin maybe over your neck and thyroid area, maybe on the insides of your wrists or behind your knees, and it will get absorbed and relax you and offer a good night's sleep. And one thing that we haven't mentioned yet for night sweats is women struggling with this should also avoid caffeine. And a small amount might be fine, you know, earlier in the day, we recommend before noon. Mm -hmm. But some women are really going to need to eliminate this altogether. And that really, that's across the board for anyone with insomnia, not just women. night sweats in yeah, right. women. Yeah. Uh, so if you have insomnia and you're of any age, if you're a man, a woman, just be very careful about your caffeine intake. Uh, one to two cups before noon might be okay, but not everybody can tolerate that mm-hmm. and get to sleep at night. It's also important to note that, you know, caffeine is in more than just coffee. So it's in soda. Those energy drinks, you know, like Rockstar and Monster. Um, And there's a chemical in chocolate and green tea that acts a lot like caffeine. Even decaffeinated coffee has a little caffeine in it. So the reason we mention all these things is because a lot of people are so sensitive to caffeine that they'll never improve their sleep until they abstain from all these sources. Mm -hmm. 
it's very important to look at the caffeine piece. And it's time for another break here. Um, now that the spring weather is finally here, you might be thinking more about losing the extra weight that may have been gained over the winter. Or maybe you're finally ready to do something about the low energy that you have or mm. your joint pain or digestive issues. We have some great classes to choose from. Uh, Jumpstart Your Metabolism is being offered Tuesday, April 30th in St. Paul at 530. It's a two-hour class. It's about 25 to $30. It's a great mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. We have another very popular weekend weight and wellness series coming up. Uh, that's the first weekend in May, the 3rd through the 5th, at our St. Paul Nutritional Weight and Wellness office. This is a great opportunity to take a series that's normally six weeks long, and you just take it in one weekend. So it's basically Friday night through Sunday night. And don't forget, nurses get CEUs for the classes. You're going to learn about blood sugar, cravings, metabolism, energy, digestive health, pain, inflammation, heart health, moods, and more. (laughs) It's jam-packed with good information. There's a lot of information. And there's also another weight and wellness series in Woodbury starting Thursday, May 16th at 4.30. And please give us a call today if you have a question about sleep. 651-641-1071. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Kate Crosby, and I'm here with Cara Carper. We'd love to hear your questions today, so give us a call at 651-641-1071. We're talking about sleep. A lack of sleep is so debilitating that it's easy to understand how people turn to prescription sleep aids. However, researchers have found that nearly half the people taking sleeping pills find that their insomnia becomes worse. Sleeping pills really don't cure the insomnia, and they often interfere with a very restful kind of sleep called REM, REM. So it may take some trial and error to find out the exact plan that might work for you, but we are really very successful at finding a nutritional or supplement solution for insomnia. And the best part, there are no negative effects. Mm -hmm. I know yesterday I had a client come in who is on a a sleep aid, and uh, he described it as almost an addiction, that he becomes very Mm -hmm. anxious when he thinks about not taking it. And then the anxiety becomes so overpowering he can't fall asleep. So that's kind of what can happen a lot of times Mm -hmm. when you take those prescription drugs. And some of them are physically addictive. I mean, when people Mm -hmm. stop them, there's the rebound effect and actually they won't sleep sleep very well. Right. So we were before break, we were talking about caffeine and just how it's important to look at all the different sources that caffeine is coming from, not just coffee, but sodas and um, even chocolate and things like that. So we realize it might sound daunting to give this up or even reduce it. So if you're listening and you have problems sleeping, more than likely you're using some kind of caffeine. It's, It's like a false energy to get through the day. So you may need to decrease it slowly. Um, But be sure to take other steps in the meantime to try and keep your energy up as best as possible. So eating frequent meals with enough protein can be very helpful, as well as drinking a lot of water. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. not drinking enough water can certainly cause fatigue. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough. Yeah. Say, Cara, how about if we share some um, sleep supplements, uh, ways to fall asleep, stay asleep, things that you and I have done that 
have helped us stay asleep. Yeah, let's definitely talk about um, some supplements. You know, I've I've had problems with both the falling asleep and the not being able to stay asleep. Mm. Um, and so sometimes, you know, I would wake up and lay there for several hours. It's very, very frustrating. Mm. Now, of course, if that happens, I know what to do. I I get up and I have a snack. <laughs> uh, and, yes. and sometimes I will even take supplements at three in the morning <laughs> if yep. I need to. Um, but there are supplements. I usually do the snack regardless before For bed. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I religiously take a few supplements before bed each night. So I think a great place for people to start is with a nutrient that the majority of our population is already deficient in. Oh, are you talking about that relaxing mineral magnesium? I am. Well, you know, nearly three out of four of us are deficient in it. And actually our children are more deficient than we are. Um, the great thing about taking a magnesium supplement is that it really helps a l- many more issues than just sleep. Magnesium, as I said, is the relaxing mineral, and it works as a relaxant before bed. It also benefits other conditions, especially things like restless leg or the charley horses and muscle cramps that you might have it, that might keep you awake at night. And there, while we're talking about magnesium, I'm just going to mention some other signs of being deficient uh, because there's so many. There, there are, are. <laughs> headaches or migraines, high blood pressure and heart disease, um, high blood sugars and diabetes, anxiety, panic attacks, constipation, fatigue, both menopausal and PMS symptoms. Mm-hmm. And listen to this one. Chocolate cravings can Ooh. be a sign of a magnesium <laughs> yeah. deficiency. The list really does go on and on. (laughs) Um, Carolyn Dean wrote uh, the book, The Magnesium Miracle, and in it she says that magnesium is one of the most essential minerals in the entire body. So if you've got any problems falling asleep or staying asleep, try magnesium first. So we recommend a magnesium glycinate. It's a very absorbable form of magnesium. So how much? Well, a good amount to start with is probably about 400 milligrams. But, you know, some of our clients have really, really stubborn, stubborn insomnia. And we can go as high as 1,000 milligrams per day. And if someone ends up taking more magnesium than their body needs, um, it's it's not like there's a, a risk of having toxicity. Right. You know, right. it's water soluble. So most likely what would happen is that they would get loose stools And Mm -hmm. then just can back down on the amount. Mm -hmm. And it's actually not very common that people would get loose stools if they're taking the glycinate form. But it can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, you know, there's a lot of different forms of magnesium out there, just to let you know. And another absorbable kind is citrate. Mm -hmm. And people might have seen the product Magnesium Calm. It's that nice powder. powder. Mm -hmm. It's a drink. It's a drink. And Mm -hmm. that is another great product. But just kind of want to give an FYI on that, that is citrate. So a little bit more likely to cause loose stools than the glycinate. Exactly. So what I usually do is take 400 milligrams about 30 minutes, maybe 60 minutes before bed. Sometimes I take more if I'm mm-hmm. feeling like I'm going to have a hard time sleeping. And I actually keep all my, I call them my sleep supplements. <laughs> I keep them by my bed with a glass of water And like I had mentioned earlier, if I wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep, I might even just reach over and take a couple magnesium. Mm. It's a great way to fall back asleep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, there are other supplements that help, too. Um, I'd like to list a couple that really help when a first person cannot fall asleep. Because lying awake in bed trying to fall asleep can be very anxiety-producing. And it usually happens because your mind is racing. Maybe you're running through the events of the previous day or week, or maybe you're thinking about what's coming up tomorrow. This is kind of a form of what we call brain chatter. It's a sign of low serotonin. Mm -hmm. And a great supplement to help calm down the mind and fall asleep, it's 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan. It's an amino acid, and it converts to serotonin, which is our calming neurotransmitter. So I would say try 50 milligrams at first, 50 Mm -hmm. or 100, and you can always increase that to 200 milligrams if you need. And 5-HTP increases REM sleep by up to 50%. And Mm. you had mentioned REM earlier. That's one of the sleep stages that's been shown to have links to good memory, Mm -hmm. uh, memory consolidation, and learning. Mm. And we have a caller, so let's go ahead and take uh, Joanne's call before we go to break here. Good morning, Joanne. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Um, hi. Hi. Do you have a question for Dishing Up Nutrition today? Um, yeah, I was wondering. I'm a nurse, so I work the night shift. So I work eight eight days out of 14 is a night shift. So I'm wondering what to eat um, when you get home from work. Um, you know, I have gained weight working the night shift. And what's a good thing to work to eat before you go to sleep? Um, were you able to listen? Were you listening at the beginning of our show when we were talking about kind of what to eat before bed? Yes, I was. Okay. What did you think about some of those ideas? Just Well, I, I yeah, they were interesting because what I usually do is come home and have an egg <laughs> hmm. and, and well, go to bed. And I do drink coffee right before I go to sleep. Um, how come you're drinking coffee before you go to sleep? I don't know. I just, I just get in that habit. You get in a habit? Yeah, okay. Because it's morning. Right, right. Uh, that, oh. You're probably, because on other days, you're but, but it, trying to stay away. I'm so tired that I can go right to sleep. Wow. You know? Well, I would, you know, it probably is going to be a hard habit to get out of if you're used to it, but I would not have that coffee. Okay. Um, and then I think the egg is fine, but, you know, try to have something with even a little bit more fat than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like we had talked about, um, like a nut butter or peanut butter, almond butter. Um, the heavy maybe cream. Some, maybe have some apple and nut butter with your eggs. That's a good idea. Some people will have like a piece of cheese with apple, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. some nuts. Mm-hmm. Olives would be great. You could have, that would be another good fat. Okay. Cook your, cook your eggs in some butter or okay. coconut yep, oil. Coconut oil or olive oil. Yeah. And then, you know, it's hard to switch between days and nights like that because you almost feel when you come home from... And you sleep during the day, you don't want to sleep eight hours. Yeah, I bet. I bet. You just have to kind of... I know. And we in our script later, we're going to talk a little bit about um, shift work. And I don't know if you've heard of melatonin can be helpful. That makes s- me groggy. If oh, I it do. does. When I okay. wake up, I cannot wake up. Mm-hmm. Did you try a really low dose, like one milligram? Mm, yeah, kind of mixed. It's kind of been... I've taken... Oh, okay. Mixed with like valerian. Mm-hmm. The valerian helps me get to sleep. Mm-hmm. But um, if I have any kind of melatonin, I just wake up fuzzy. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's, it's not great for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I sympathize with you. That's got to be really hard with. Mm-hmm. But just the the more sleep you can get, the better. I know it's hard to do eight hours when it's during the, during day. the day. Yeah. But just oh. think about kind of the long-term effects okay. of lack of sleep. Okay. Okay, good luck. Thanks Thank so you. much for your call. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. 
Well, it's time for our last break. And sorry, we went a little bit over here, but Mm. stay tuned because when we come back, we're going to still have more tips for you on how to get a good night's sleep. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Cassie Weenus, a registered and licensed dietitian from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You may know me from Dishing Up Nutrition, but today I want to talk to you as a mom of two kids with celiac disease, as well as additional food sensitivities, topics near and dear to my heart. Even with all my training as a dietitian, I was overwhelmed when my family had to go gluten-free. My boss, Dar, helped me learn the ins and outs of going gluten-free with real food, and that's when we realized other people need help and direction, too. So we created an online class called Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way. You learn what gluten is, where it's found, and how to be gluten-free at home, at restaurants, and at social events. We teach you how to shop gluten-free and how to make healthy, delicious meals your whole family will enjoy. And it may surprise you that I don't buy many gluten-free products. If you take the class, I'll teach you how simple it is to go gluten-free eating real food. Learn more and register at weightandwellness.com. That's weightandwellness.com. We're back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby, here with Cara Kerper. We're finishing up our show today, and the topic is falling asleep and staying asleep. Give us a call with any of your questions at 651-641-1071. Mother's Day is coming up in just two short weeks. So do you ever wonder what to give your mom for Mother's Day? What do you give your mom who's got everything? How about a gift certificate for a class? Or maybe go with her and learn together so, so that she can feel and learn how to sleep better and have more energy. Better yet, why not come in with her for a consultation so she can learn what to eat to live longer, happier, and healthier? Really, giving your mom the gift of health, what could be a better gift than that? What a great gift, too, for someone that maybe wouldn't do that on their own. Absolutely. Definitely benefit from it. Now, before I forget, I want to just tell a quote. One of our wonderful teachers, Oralee, sent me this email. Hi, Oralee, if you're listening. And she found a quote in one of Dr. Daniel Amen's books. Mm-hmm. And I, it's a great quote. It says, getting adequate sleep is a better anti-aging treatment than anything you could find at the cosmetics counter. Absolutely Isn't that true, true. though? I yeah. mean, what What's going on in the inside of our body is reflected on the outside. And sleep is when we are regenerating and renewing. Yep. Restoring. You mm-hmm. know what? Before we went to break, Car, we, you were talking a little bit about 5-HTP and taking that uh, to go to sleep and keep yourself asleep so you don't wake up with that mind chatter. Yes. And 5-HTP, you know, that's the one that calms the mind down and mm-hmm. converts to serotonin. Um, one thing I wanted to say about 5-HTP, you know, we said take 100 to 200 milligrams. Mm -hmm. If you've been doing that for a while, though, and it has worked, and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it stops working. Oh, I've had that experience. (laughs) (laughs) The reason we're going to talk about this is because it happened to both Kate and I. 5-HTP worked great for me for like two years. Yep. And then I was like, why am I not sleeping anymore? Mm -hmm. And one of our old nutritionists suggested to me, well, try a different form of 5-HTP. Try tryptophan. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's very similar to 5-HTP, but for some people it works better. And for me, I've been using it for a few years, and it works great. And I have done the same thing. Yep. So just kind of a little heads FYI. up there. FYI. Yep. We have a couple of callers here. All righty. 
Good morning, Faye. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi. Hi there. Oh, um, Hi. do you have a question or a comment? I, I just have a comment that what helps me is I take a, um, a banana and put it on the side of my nightstand each night. And when I wake up during the night, and I wake up two or three times a night, I just take a bite of the banana. And there's something in bananas that seem to help me to uh, sleep. Well, interesting. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I, I would think it might work a little bit better if you had maybe a little peanut butter on that banana just well, to give you a little fat. I don't want to get up and do anything. I just want to roll You just want to roll over. Banana and... What about, uh, do you like nuts or sunflower seeds? Oh, I do all that. I do all of that. Oh, wonderful. Why don't you put some nuts next to the banana? I have my nuts before I go to bed. Oh, you do? On, okay. On yogurt milk or um, coconut milk with uh, blueberries and walnuts. Oh, well, that sounds wonderful, but you're still waking up, huh? Oh, I still wake up okay. two, three times a night. Do you... And I don't know if it's because I drink too much water during the day or too many fluids, you know, before uh, too close to bedtime or what. But So when you get up and then go to the bathroom, do you then stay as, uh, uh, awake? No. No, I get up, go to the bathroom, come back, have my bite of banana. And you go back to sleep. And I go right back well, to sleep. <laughs> I mean, it might just be that you, the needing to go to the bathroom is waking you up. And I yes. guess I don't really see that as a problem if people are going right back to sleep. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, maybe I, just I, really look at your fluid intake and try to cut back just in that last couple of hours before bed. You might uh, get up one less time then. <laughs> right, right. But, well, that's good. You're having a very balanced um, snack before bed. So oh, I listen to your program every week, and I've learned so much. Oh, well, thank good. you. Oh, wonderful. Thanks. Thank you. Work. Thanks for your call, Faye. You bet. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right. So we were talking about 5-HTP and tryptophan. Let's Ooh. let's go over some other supplements. So there's another really great one. It's it's Nature's Valium. It's an amino Ooh, that's acid. that's a good term. Yeah. It's called GABA. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um this is a wonderful supplement for someone who is feeling a little wound up before bed, though it makes falling asleep a little easier. It can help you stay asleep also throughout the night. I, I take this along with some tryptophan before I go to bed. And I do as well. And it's worked wonders for my sleep. It's part of my nightly protocol. And the recommended dose is 500 to 1,500 milligrams. And you might see it, like the one that we sell is 750 milligrams, and that's, that's fine. a fine one to start mm-hmm. with as well. So another supplement, melatonin. It's actually an antioxidant. It occurs naturally in the body, and it helps you sleep, but some of us don't really produce enough. So it creates problems falling asleep. The pineal gland in your brain makes melatonin when it's dark. But any source of light can inhibit that production. So if you've got lights on or a TV is going in your room or maybe your cell phone is on and the lights are on the cell phone, maybe a computer or even LED alarm clocks, street light shining in. I had a client who had a very large window in her bedroom and couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't really cover the top part of the window and she had to shove a pillow in it to cut, <laughs> to make it dark but you need to keep your room dark so mm-hmm. that your body will convert that serotonin to melatonin and you'll start falling asleep and also you know the recommendation from any sleep researcher or sleep center would be to not be on the computer or not have the TV on an hour before going to bed 
Mm-hmm. And some people mm-hmm. even like dim the lights in their house. Mm-hmm. Oh, put the cell phone away. Yes. Now, and I don't think that's happening to very often. Especially with oh, kids and, right. and young adults. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, other tips that we have, um, or I guess tips that I have because I've had a lot of sleep issues. I invested in blackout curtains, which was a wonderful, yeah. wonderful investment. I also use an eye mask. It's one that wraps around my head with a Velcro strap. So that's blocking out any additional light that might be coming from the street, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, morning sunlight, or an alarm clock. You know, and as you get older, your melatonin levels typically decline. Children have much higher levels of melatonin than adults do. But if someone is low in this melatonin isn't producing enough, sometimes supplements really help for getting you to fall asleep and and keeping you asleep. We recommend taking them somewhere around a half an hour to an hour before bed. So the amounts. People usually find that melatonin in doses from 1 milligram to 10 milligrams is good. I would usually start with somewhere between 1 and 5 milligrams. Mm -hmm. You can always increase it if it's not enough. Um, I like using that sublingual form that goes under your tongue. It dissolves quickly. It's quickly absorbed. And it works really quickly. Um, More More than the one that people just swallow. More than, yeah, faster than if you swallow it. And melatonin, you know, we had the the woman that's a shift worker call Mm -hmm. in. And melatonin is great for people that either travel frequently to different time zones or are working night shifts. 20 million Americans work night shifts. Mm. 60 to 70% of them have problems sleeping. Um, so it's time to wrap up our hour. want to thank everybody for listening, and I hope you have a better understanding of the importance of sleep, the negative consequences associated with not sleeping. And if you're trying to get more sleep or have insomnia, try some of the tips on nutrition and supplements that we talked about today. And be sure to tune in next week. Dar and Brenna will be talking about hypothyroidism. So have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.